If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Welcome to the Weekly Exchange. This week in Forex and Strategy Game News, we have updates on Stellaris, Aggressor's Ancient Rome, Gladius, and much, much more. Troy. Hey, Troy. Welcome to the show. Hey, man. It's good to be here. How are things out where you are? They're good. They're good. I'm still on vacation for the show, but by the time it's posted, I'll already be traveling back home from my old home across the country. So the next time you hear the weekly exchange, not this time, but the following time, I will be recording under my normal circumstances. So I should be sounding much better, which means that randomly the air conditioning unit will come on and all kinds of weird stuff so you know back to what you guys are used to awesome very good well we're going to kick things off this week with an update for a very uh small maybe obscure game called star zeal i think we've reported on it a few times and uh this week the developer uh posted an update on starship design and uh technology research and so there's like a an animated gif of uh, you know how a player might design a ship for this game, and it reminds me uh, a lot of how ship design works in Predestination. So if you've ever watched how it works there, it's similar to that. Um, also, and this is really interesting, the way that research works in uh, Star Zeal is the the research is, your research tree, I guess is procedurally generated each game, which is something that I and a lot of other people have been kind of asking for in 4X games because, I don't know, we find that perhaps a bit more engaging. So, yeah, it's it's a type of procedural research for Starzeal. So I'll be very interested in seeing how that comes along. Um, you know, it's it's uh, definitely a work in progress at this point. Um, I, am, I, I imagine that a lot of the, the graphics and um, the user interface will change along the way, but it's good to see somebody coming along with uh, a, a lot of drive and ambition. Absolutely, and trying to do things differently and kind of stepping out of the mold for what is expected of 4X games. And yeah, like you said, the graphics are work in progress. Now, I know this is a very small studio, so I don't know if at the end they're going to have crazy graphics but you know what there are plenty of people out there that don't particularly care i mean look at like the the distant world games and things like that look at the minions they have a very 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 loyal following and you can mod it and do all kinds of stuff with it so i i'm pretty sure that 
you know, if if Starzeal captures an audience, the audience will stick with it because they're definitely they're trying some interesting stuff, and I'm kind of curious to see where it goes. All right, so from little to big, why don't you tell us about Stellaris? Right, so Stellaris is not talking yet about whatever 2.2 is going to be called, but they are releasing patches and small updates to 2.1. So right now there is um, a beta. I mean, maybe at the time you hear this stuff, it'll be fully released. But anyways, there's an opt-in patch where you can check out to see some of the changes. And one of the things that they did is they're adding... um, Something well, if you know the astron, if you know astronomy at all, and you know our solar system, we have something called the Kuiper Belt. So they're adding that to the game. Oh, cool! And then we they're adding new pictures for events, so you don't have the same picture representing multiple events. Well, I don't know how many pictures, and I don't know how many events. So I can't really say that, but I'm assuming it's to differentiate them a little bit more. And uh, you know, it's doing some balance changes, some UI stuff, modding, lots of bug fixes based on reports and uh i'm keeping you know keeping my fingers crossed that they will address some of the issues that were presented with the changes put in place for 2.0 so i know some of the stuff that was in 2.1 some of the changes 2.1 are making the older players of stellars happy because they were very very angry with it including mark and um so you know i I don't know we'll kind of have to play it by ear but i mean this is how paradox does they release content, content changes the game, they get feedback and they adjust it accordingly or at least based on some internal vision they have for the game, you know? Right, make a mess and then clean it up. Yes, sir. Okay, so uh, a quick little update about, um, we haven't really talked recently about um, Endless Space 2. They have the ongoing beta that I can't really discuss and I haven't been home so the computer that I used to log into the games to get the platform and check out what's going on I don't have with me so I, I don't remember my login and I don't want to mess around with it but in the meantime they did they had an important announcement a couple of days back and what's interesting is that they're this so I don't know if you remember but a couple of years ago literally two years ago they changed they started to change their uh, custom website and forums and their integrated system, basically their games together platform. Oh yeah, I remember that. And they didn't tell us, they're like, oh, we're doing it, you know, to make it better, to give you guys more options. And it's, I have I have to admit, it is better than what it used to be. It's definitely better than what, what it was a release. And now it's better than the previous platform. But we kind of, we weren't sure as players, like why did they do this? Why invest all this money for something that might not have a very big return. Well, it turns out there was a there was a breach in their previous platform. There were hackers, crackers, whackers, you know, jerks that were getting in and they were grabbing people's information. So when they when that happened, they informed people. So I can remember being informed. All I know is that I got a, a prompt like, hey, change your password. So, okay, changed my password, didn't think twice about it. And now they're saying what happened. And we'll have a link for that. And uh, in case you want to read about it, it's not so long. What I find really interesting personally is that a lot of websites, a lot of businesses, when they get breached, when they, when the information of the various users is exposed, they don't do much about it. You know, they're like, oh, change your password, you know, we'll we'll monitor it for 32 seconds, but we'll ignore it regardless of whatever comes back, you know? And here they did quite a bit more. So it's kind of cool that they did all of this. I just wish we had known about it earlier, but again, 
had I known about it earlier, it wouldn't have really changed anything on my end, you know. And I did change my password when prompted, so it is what it is. I mean, every single day we're hearing about a breach here and a breach there, and like somebody steals your video game login, and unless you're really dumb, I would imagine you wouldn't use the same video game login for your PIN and for your access. No, that would be a really bad decision. Right, right. right. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm sure there are plenty of people that do that. And I'm not saying they're dumb. I'm saying that this decision itself is dumb. And you should be using different PINs and different passwords and different logins for all your accounts. Because if you don't, somebody gets your information. They can pretty much just turn your world inside out. Yeah, well, and, think about how much you trust Valve, right? Just let that sit in your brain for a little bit. Do you really trust Valve? Oh yeah, absolutely, implicitly. I I mean, what would why wouldn't I trust Valve? I mean, when have they ever done anything to, you know, warrant being untrustworthy? I mean, yeah, they they always put the customer first. No doubt. Yeah, of about course, it. right. Yeah. I mean, we'll talk about Valve a little bit later, and uh, this is uh, this is a kind of almost like a continuation of a rant I had months ago. And uh, I think you want to take this one, so by all means, you do when we get to it. But yeah, Valve. I mean, these guys are trustworthy. These guys are almost like Equifax. I trust them almost yeah, as much. I was going to bring Equifax. that up. Yeah. You know, because those guys, sheesh, those guys really know how to treat their customers right. <laughs> Anyways, moving on. So let's see. Let's talk about Gladius for a little bit. Let's talk about Gladius. So first things first, this week or this past week, we released a hybrid piece, which is both like an early impressions piece, and it was also a Q&A. Now, it could have come a little bit earlier by maybe a week, but it was missing a little bit of content that I wanted to try and get, and we, we, we did end up getting the full review keys, but what came in them is like, we cannot talk about this, we cannot talk about that, so it's like, okay, so we won't. You know, we'll Slytherin, in the process has revealed this information. So that's what we're gonna talk about. But anyways, our piece is up, give it a look. It's some very interesting questions being answered there and definitely some impressions from uh, two of the guys, one from Dallin who's uh, doing our videos. And there's, by the way, we have some new videos up on the channel and from Matt who's doing the write-up for it. So it's if you wanna get an idea for what to look forward to, definitely give that piece a read. Having said that, let me tell you about the new information. So what they did is, what uh, Slytherin did is they released, or Proxy Studios uh, released um, a little primer on the Astro Militarum, which is the, the Imperial Guard, on their various units, talking about the infantry, talking about vehicles, ta and of course they released some cool pictures too. And uh, you, can't, you, you, get a, you get a sense for what makes the Imperial Guard the Imperial Guard, right? And you're like, okay. So we've seen Space Marines, right? We've seen Imperial Guard, and uh, if you watch our video, you'll see the ne the Necrons, the Necrons are up, and then soon I'm pretty sure we'll have Orcs as well. So all four of the factions will have a video up, you know, talking about their various playstyles and well. So the other thing that they released is they basically compared the same thing between the Imperial Guards and the Space Marines. So they had a second release of Space Marines where they talked about the infantry units, the various infantry units, they talked about the vehicles, the artillery, and you get to see how each of the factions plays differently, how each faction has different focus. And now going on that, you can be pretty certain that the Orcs are gonna play differently and the Necrons are gonna, Necrons, Necrons, they're gonna play differently. So this is definitely 
like a big positive for Gladius because this is going to be a 4x game that has four distinct factions, and I'm hoping it does well. I'm I'm sure it'll do decent. Now I just hope there's enough penetration into the marketplace that it does well. So Proxy Studios will get to work on the Tau, get to work on the Eldar, get to work on the Tyranids and, you know, like Dark Eldar and things like that. You know, maybe some other factions, some other human factions, the Mechanicus or something like that, you know, Inquisition. Who knows? But anyways, it's it's good. And you get to look a little bit at the graphics and you get to see, like, comparative sizes. And funny th- funny thing is if you look at it, the sizes are not not too bad like in a lot of games like this you have like an infantry unit that's on the same size as some of the biggest units on the map and here there's size differentiation other than heroes so heroes are like giants there <laughs> some of these heroes are as big as tanks but you know what you got to have a little bit of a creative license right oh without doubt without doubt so let's uh move on and talk a little bit about age of wonders planet fall and we got a lot of good information this week first is uh, this Age of Wonders is going to do something that Age of Wonders in the past have not, and that is the maps are now going to wrap horizontally. So, like, if you go to the right edge of the map, like the very edge, and then you go one space more over, you'll end up on the left side of the map, which, you know, I think is technology that goes back to 1991 for... 4x game so it's good to see age of wonders finally adopting that uh also the the five major biomes uh that were in the original age of wonders are back along with oceans so uh i find that exciting that's really good and it's also definitely going to have the world map and like the tactical battle board for uh battles to to play out on so that's all great also they're introducing something called sectors and sectors like i really wish they they could have maybe shown us a little bit better on this picture of the map how it works exactly but sectors are uh they follow particular boundaries so for instance a wilderness sector will follow the natural boundaries that are around it so like mountains or perhaps a river something like that it'll include those things and then there are other sectors such as landmark sectors or uh, like uh, dwelling sectors where um, the independent or non-aligned neutral indigenous people have their their towns and cities and those sorts of things. And they'll control those sectors. And what you can do is you can claim those sectors by establishing a forward base. And then later on, they can become chips to use in diplomacy. So you can trade sectors for political favors or truces or things like that. So the diplomacy system in Age of Wonders Planetfall is going to be a little bit more robust than in the Age of Wonders fantasy games that we've seen in the past, which is really cool, really great. Uh, definitely like to see that. Um, the uh, city expansion is uh, going to work by adding sectors to them. So maybe a little bit like uh, Endless Legend, perhaps, if you've seen that, or... Um, uh, Civ Six, that sort of thing. You'll be able to add sectors to your city. That sort. Oh, of thing. you mean like, like exploitable regions, not regions, but exploitable tiles. Perhaps? Yeah, I mean, it's not, it's not like just a. It's hard to know. Like, I really wish they would have uh, been more um, 
explicit, like with with the map picture that they have here. They have a picture of map, and I can see the the lines on how the sectors are drawn. Okay, and they kind of do follow uh, the the natural topography. So here's a mountain that stops a sector, and here's a river. But this other sector has a river flowing right through the center of it. And when it says you can add a sector to your city, like does that mean that you're adding the whole sector? Like that could be a really big chunk of land. So um, I. It would have been nice to have some, like, diagrams showing that. So, anyway, uh, if the nearby sectors that you add have certain landmarks or, or various resources on them, they can unlock new city upgrades or unlock new doctrines. Uh, they're all going to get... They're going to get into all of this later in more detail, but they introduced the idea here in this update. So, uh, a few things that are different from uh, the Age of Wonders series that we've seen in the past, which is great and quite honestly I, I think needed for the game it, it definitely needs to separate itself it, it can't just be age of wonders 3 with a sci-fi skin over it it needs to be something different and unique and uh so far i like what i see very good now just a quick addendum um there are sectors in stellars but this is not the same type of sector so in stellars sectors are units of management or better yet chunks of territory with planets and resources that you turn over to the AI to manage for you, almost like a vassal, almost. Whereas here, sectors are components of a region. So let's say if you, at least that's what it looks like to me, like if you control a particular region, which is interestingly enough, has uneven borders and wraps around and does all kinds of things. And there's things that are, I guess, uh, next to it, adjacent to it. If you take control of them, they get I'm assuming they get added to your region. So yeah, maybe like it, it would have been good, like maybe even if they had like the hex overlay mm-hmm. down so we could see like, you know, how many hexes might be in a region or something like that. Like is there border pop or something like that? But yeah, here, right, exactly. So but, I, I don't know. I don't know. It's, right, hard, it's hard to tell right now. But right here, if you look at the picture that they posted, what you will notice is that the way that the sector, not sectors, but the way that the region, the way that this area that is the territory controlled by a particular city resembles the Eodor games where they're, or they're like uneven, you know, they're uneven, they they follow some pre-written rules or maybe Endless Legend even, you know. It's kind of cool. It's kind of cool. I like it. I like it. And let me see. Uh, oh, oh, Aggressors had a very cool update this week. Why don't you tell us about it? Yeah. Um, this week it's a it's almost a visual update rather than like just a big list of features or uh, bugs fixed or something like that. So uh, aggressors introduced us to three factions this week: the barbarians, the Greeks, and the Carthaginians. And it showed like their main military units. So each one has six. And essentially, you have light infantry, medium inf- infantry, heavy infantry, and then light cavalry, medium cavalry, and heavy cavalry. And it's trying to show, like, the difference between each faction. So, like, the Barbarians, they use a lot of axes. So all their units have axes, and um, they they have pretty decent movement. Their bonuses come from forests and swamps. The Greeks use uh, spears, and their their infantry is more heavily armored. Uh, They're a little bit slower. They don't move around as fast. And, And their bonuses come from mainly fighting on the plains where it rains. And then finally, the Carthaginians, you know, they use swords and um, their movement's about average, but, you know, they, they have really good attack. 
and um, their their bonuses uh, come from fighting in the deserts, which is kind of natural given that they're they're located in North Africa. So uh, yeah, I mean it, it's kind of cool to see like what these units are going to look like and, and that sort of thing, what their armor is, how their shields look. Um, I, I think it's pretty fascinating. Uh, as far as like how much of a difference this is going to make, I don't know. It'll it like. If you fight the Greeks on the plains, like how much of a disadvantage is that going to put you at? Like, is that is that just? It, it's got to be enough that it really, you can really feel it. But if it's so much, then I don't know. Will the game just break down where nobody wants to leave their favored terrain? I don't know. I think that's a, a tough thing that the developer will have to balance. Just like almost any game, like getting that balance right is, is usually pretty tough. So, absolutely. Well, we'll keep an eye out, and uh, let me see, what else? We are, oh, we got a couple of quick little tidbits here. So this past week, it was, so, that, so if you notice, for the past two weeks, uh, we've been posting a lot of content, and by we, it's me posting content. That's because I've been on vacation, so I've had more time, which means um, I, I get to do more stuff for Exploraminate. And this past week was no exception, because we posted up a Thea 2 Q&A that focused on lore, I had a lot of very, very good questions answered. So that's the first bit. The second bit is that um, Six Ages, which appears to be like a spiritual successor to King of Dragon Pass, was announced for uh, mobile platforms, or it was it was updated. I have you know a link with some of the features and some of the art that was available to media. So definitely check it out if you if you're a fan of King of Dragon Pass and you really enjoy that type of gameplay. Six Ages looks to be right up your alley. And if you're not, it's a good strategy game. So definitely at least check it out. And um, that's another another thing. And then there was the final piece, which was the Q&A and uh, impressions for Gladius. Uh, we've already talked about that. But uh, yeah, I, I know it's fun when we post a lot of stuff. But next week, I'll be returning back to my no normal schedule. So the content will slow down a little bit. We'll be back to like one weekly exchange and one published article or podcast or something like that and maybe an occasional announcement if something interesting pops up and with that a quick update on empires and runes so i haven't heard too much from them in a while but they just uh, released like a little teaser on twitter and uh, they're they're asking they're asking you to look at this particular uh, picture and they're like what's different and i guessed and i got it wrong so if, if they haven't already answered it, you will have a link. You're welcome to go check it out. And uh, the website has been constantly getting updated and looks pretty good. So if you're at all interested, click on the link, see what's about. And if you're not, well, you know, we're trying to shine a light on games that could potentially be very good that are not getting exposure elsewhere. So this is another one of those games we've done a Q&A with them. We've, uh, you know, we've had various pieces about it over the past i think maybe year year and a half so that's it and with that let me talk about a game that is getting constant updates and this is phoenix point this is one of my most anticipated games of this year and uh, they're releasing backer build 2 which is going to be released right before july 4th so by the time you hear this if you back this game on Nichio or wherever the platform it was on you'll get access to the backer build too. And within this build, they're gonna have the missing unit from the first one, which is the Technician. And this is a really, really cool unit. And uh, I just, I'll have a link. You gotta look at this. The animations are awesome. The abilities are awesome. The gameplay is just killer, literally killer. 
and they've been updating um, they've been updating the monsters and another thing that they're adding to this is the armadillo which is a vehicle and this was a stretch goal during the campaign that was achieved very quickly so there's a present in the XCOM games or many of the other squad tactic games. When I say vehicle, I don't mean like a mechanical unit, like a mech or something like that. I mean like a vehicle where you can get into and get out and it has uh, weapons and shields and all kinds of good stuff. So definitely want to check out the link. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm as excited as ever and the game just keeps looking more, more and more polished and I, I'm, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen when it comes out. I might disappear for a bit. And I apologize in advance if that's the case. But I know I'm not the only one excited for it, you know? Oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt. Speaking of games people are excited for, uh, we now have an official release day for Star Control. And when Brad Wardell said it would be out this summer, he was using the most technical definition of summer that there possibly could be because the game will come out September 20th, two days before Audience. Autumn, I should say. Two days before autumn. So, yeah, September 20th, Star Control is going to launch. And that might seem like a long ways away, but it's actually only about 13 weeks. 12 weeks, probably, from the time that you listen to this podcast. And 12 weeks is not very long at all. So they still have a lot of work to do on this. And in this uh, design update, this is the, the first of 13 that Brad is doing for Star Control. And this one is, I, I can tell, the really setting expectations for the game and brad stresses star control is not a strategy game not even a little bit star control is an rpg and i think he's wise to do this because i think they were a little too ambiguous with what sorcerer king was supposed to be and that that was part of the marketing problem for the game and also i think part of the design problem for the game and i think they learned their lesson from the way sorcerer king turned out and are making sure it doesn't happen that way for star control so star control is a role-playing game first and foremost now you may not be role-playing like a hero you might be role-playing something a bit bigger than that but still it is a game in which you're going to play role and in this update they show off uh, a lot of the the ships for the game and they're really cool um they have this kind of star control aesthetic about them where they're a bit more cartoonish and whimsical uh but each faction here uh let's see there's one two three three different factions that they show off here uh the the ships are all very unique they look really good um you'll be easily able to tell them apart so uh they also talk in this update about the AI for the game. And the AI is supposed to be really good. He says, the game's not a strategy game, but we treated the AI like a strategy AI. So it will pursue other enemies. It won't just target you like some games do. Uh, it's going to have its own goals and objects, objectives, and it's going to go after them. And if you interfere with those goals and, and objectives, they will come after you too. So the AI for this game is uh, promised to be... Excellent. Probably not not at launch, right? Because uh, when you turn a game out into the wild, uh, you're going to get uh, some of the most brilliant players that are out there playing a game, and they might be able to solve something very quickly that the development team just isn't big enough to see. And that's perfectly normal and expected. And so the AI will be continued uh, to be developed over the life of the game. So it'll be refined each time that uh, a problem surfaces. So 
that was pretty much it. It wasn't a very long update for this week, uh, but they do plan to launch the game September 20th. Circle your calendars. Yeah, Star Control is something you're really looking forward to. Yes, and I can say this. The older versions of the game, the previous versions of the game, were very much RPGs with strategy components, not strategy games with RPG components. So I agree with you. It's, it's good that they're making this distinction. But having said that, it's it's it'll have plenty of strategy to it as well. It's not going to be just, you know, an RPG game. You know what well, I mean? Well, even an RPG, like just a straight up RPG game, there's strategy involved. Like ask anybody that, that plays like Divinity or, or uh, you know, even tabletop role playing games. A lot of strategy involved. Very true. Very true. Okay. So for this week's feature about new games that you might not have heard of, we have something called Astro King. And you're like, Astro Kings, what are you talking about? Well, a couple of weeks back, I got contacted by a developer from Korea. And we can safely assume South Korea. If North Korea contacts me, I don't think anything good will come of it. So uh, they released they released games for, the, for Google's platform out of Google Play. So it's for the Android platform. And this is a 4X game, and Astro Kings is going to be um, basically, it's like a future human. So humans expand, humans, you know, build their build their empire, human empire collapses because of various things, including aliens they meet that don't particularly like him. And you are the up-and-coming leader of all of what's left of humanity. So... Again, this is a game that's going to be on the Android platform, not on the iOS, not Apple system. So this is pretty important because a lot of times you get games for the iOS and that's it. So people that don't have, you know, iPhones and stuff like that or iPads are like, oh, I wish I had access to the game. There's nothing for me to play. Well, here you go. This might be it for you. So what you do here is the typical 4X stuff. You build fleets, you develop planets, you expand your influence. You do your planetary policies and whatnot, and then you fight aliens in space and other humans for control of the galaxy. And this appears to be in real time. So we'll kind of have to see. We're gonna have the link. We're gonna have is going to be for a video, so you can check it out. And then um, you, you also get other typical forex stuff. You know, you you make alliances, you create federations, you upgrade your ships, and there's a, both a sandbox mode and there is a campaign. So what else can somebody ask for that does not own an iPhone when they want to play a 4X? Well, who knows? Maybe Astro Kings is it, right? Yeah. Okay. Remember how we said we we're going to talk about Steam? Yeah. So let's do that. Um, uh, let's do that. Let's see. This past week at a video game conference called White Knights in St. Petersburg, Russia, uh, Jam Peter Ewert the head of business development for Valve stated that the company would make the data from Steam's marketplace uh, available to publishers. So what does that mean? Basically, publishers on Steam will have access to the types of data that Steam Spy used to be able to track by uh, scraping the API of Steam. And, you know, when... Uh, Valve a, a while back turned everyone's Steam library private by default. This totally killed what Steam Spy used to do as a website. 
And a lot of people complain, a lot of developers complain like, hey, we were using that data. We needed that data. Uh, and, you know, quite honestly, a lot of game journalists like us, Nate, were using that data to write articles and, and form opinions. And a lot of fans followed it just like you might follow uh, your favorite sports team or something like that to see how many uh, copies of a game your your favorite studio or your favorite game is selling. But this will be only open to publishers. You will have to be a publisher to get access to that data. We'll see if Valve ever changes their mind. But as we mentioned previously, they don't really care about the customers. So uh, I, I don't hold out a whole lot of hope that just a regular Joe like myself will be able to get access to the data from Valve in order to write my articles, but still, the, the, the biggest travesty was not me or Explorminate, it was the uh, small studio developers particularly who were using Steam Spy data to plan a strategy for how they were gonna attack the marketplace. And so if uh, Valve opens up its Steam data in, in a satisfactory way where it can be actually usable by people who are trying to make games for Steam, make good games for Steam, uh, I'm I'm really happy about that. So this is this is not a bad decision by Steam. Uh, I I'm actually for it, and I do hope that it pro it provides what the developers need in order to make better games. But there's a caveat, at least from my perspective. What I had said about Steam and why they did this still stand. And you had mentioned that they didn't care about about the customers. It's it's you know it's a whole, it's all about making money. But when they had tried to put it off, it's like oh it's a privacy concern we're trying to protect our customers that's the thing there's they're not protecting us if they're if they're truly giving this information to publishers that isn't protecting it well that's, it's it's a little bit that's different. just selling that's marketing us. well it's a little bit different when steam says a hundred thousand people own this game than when steam says uh nate owns this game so if your okay. your library is public they can see what games nate owns if they tell you know stardock you know, 100,000 people own uh, Sorcerer King or whatever. I mean, Stardock should know that. But anyway, let's just say they did. Uh, that That's a little bit different because that data is anonymous. That doesn't unmask any individual and what they own. It's, it's, just, it's just numbers. It's analytics. Okay. Granted, that is probably the case. Here's a line from this article that makes it a bit insidious. I, I will go ahead and read it. The figures Valve will soon provide should, in uh, you know, quotation marks, be more accurate and more useful than what Steam Spy previously offered you, Eward said. So, if they were to offer the same type of information outside of accurate, you know, concerns about accuracy, uh, we got a lot of information from Steam Spy. So, in order for them to make it even more, I guess, useful they can add more values to their metrics and maybe it won't identify you as an individual you know it will definitely cluster you because i have a feeling that so so okay so the way steam spy worked is it looked at the games it didn't look at the players you know what i'm saying no it's great uh public libraries no 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 hold on hold on i'll explain to you when um, when, unless I, unless this is something I didn't see and or I didn't realize was there, here's what you saw when you looked at a game. So you would, let's say you clicked on Stellaris, and Stellaris at the point where it went down sold, you know, 1.3, 4.7 trillion copies, whatever the figure is, three copies, whatever the figure happens to be, that's what it tells you, right? Right. But 
But that's all it could really tell you. It could say something that's like, all it well, would tell me as a Steam Spy user. But if right. somebody wanted to look up my library, they could do that by default. I would have to choose to make my library right. private. Right. So what Steam Spy did is it combed the public libraries of everybody on right. Steam. And then right. I'm not talking about Steam Spy. I'm actually talking about Valve now. So check, oh, okay. check out what I'm getting at. This is the insidious part. So Valve tells us it's doing this to protect us. Everything is marked private. If you want somebody to see what it is, you go in. You mark it public. Then you don't turn around and complain that people know what you're doing. Fair enough. Did they mark everything private? Absolutely no. not. There's still too much information that's not open. But okay, let's say it's a, some kind of an error. Valve made an error. Easily rectified. Let's let's even pretend that they fixed it. So it's truly private. But now, the information that they're collecting and they're going to share with publishers could be the kind of information like, oh, so you have 100,000 players playing this game. And from this 100,000 players, 50,000 of them also play this other game. And from those... 100,000 players, 25,000 play this other game. So they can start breaking down people using their libraries. So it's obviously these this, these people in group A prefer, you know, strategy games of a real-time type. And these ones prefer turn-based. And these ones, these 1,700 people bought these six games. You see, so if they break it down to that point, Steam Spy could never do that. Even people looking at open libraries could not tell things like that. You see, so it's really a question of how Valve is going to collate this information and how it's going to share it. So now publishers are going to know a hell of a lot more than they knew before. So again, if they're doing it for our protection, if they're doing it to improve things, they're not. It's it's back to, oh, they're greedy, they're, you know, MFers, and they want to get paid no matter what, you know? Yeah, it could be. So anyways, moving on, let us talk about games you're playing. You play anything fun this week? Uh, yeah, I played some more Thea the Awakening, and I'd like to thank uh, Iwa from Muha Games for sending me a full profile so all my deities are back full level. <laughs> That's great. It's very nice. Uh, I, I'm, I'm ecstatic about that. And naturally, I played some World of Tanks Blitz. It was the fourth anniversary for Blitz this week. So there were tons of free tanks and free premium time and free XP and all kinds of things. Did you get anything good? Did I get anything good? I mean, I got a free tank that I really like. So, yeah, I mean, that was fun. And I got on with some of my buddies and and we played. And, um, yeah, I mean, I I earned a a lot of really cool things in the game uh, over the past week. And that's been nice. And now I'm ready to just kind of put it down for a little bit because I played plenty. So... That's where I am. What about you? What'd you play this week? Uh, do you have any time out there? I, I, I'm on vacation, so I have a lot of time to chauffeur my kids around and bumper to bumper traffic from one part of LA to another in a little But when I do have a little bit of free time, I'm hanging out with family and friends. So I didn't get to play too much, but when I did play, I give you one guess what I played. Um, Sorcerer King. You got it, man. You're good. You're good. Did you look at my library? <laughs> it's private. No, no, you can look at it. It's private for everybody else. It's not private for me. Oh yeah. Having said that, had you looked at my library, you would have seen that it's battle tech. Oh, awesome! You so, really yeah, like no, it? Yeah, no, my my lab, I I am. I'm really liking it. I like the changes that they put in. It really improved the gameplay. And and speaking of battle tech, by the time you hear this, our excursion for battle tech will be up. And our excursion is long. 
So if you're looking to, you know, pop in and read something for two minutes and pop out, this excursion might not be for you. You might want to just scroll to the back and read the TLDR and like, not like section because Matt goes into crazy detail and and not in a bad way. I mean, in a good way. He took a long time to do it. We we were about to release it right before they did the major update and I decided to sit back and like, you know, update it with the new pieces and I played it and gave him feedback and he played it. So, yeah. Uh, it's really good. Uh, yeah, he likes it a lot. It's a fantastic game. It's still it's still a question whether the replayability exists because of the campaign. But as far as sandbox goes, the newest the one point one update, I believe, is what it was. Uh, adds a lot to that. Now I don't really play multiplayer, so I can't really speak as to what happens in multiplayer. But I'm assuming that the changes they made for multiplayer also improve that aspect of the game. So that's it. Nothing else really. Awesome. Well, Maybe next is, week we'll uh, get a chance. is there anything you want to say before we close this up? I do. I, the usual. Thanks to our patrons. You, you, you all rock as usual. And uh, we're we're gonna have a bunch of different videos for Gladius in the in the next week. Dallin's been playing and enjoying it, so stay tuned for that. And I think Mark is getting ready to come back from his hiatus so we might have some new content from him and one of the writers is going to try his hand in video content so we might have a whole bunch of video content and Dallin and uh, Ben or old Ben otherwise known as Warmack Blue are going to be streaming the, I believe that this is the week they're going to pick up streaming on Tuesdays more regularly so stay tuned for that on Twitch and I am thinking really hard. Nothing comes to mind. For those of you in the U.S., you'll hear this on the 4th of July. So happy 4th of July. And for those of you out of the U.S., 4th of July is pretty cool. Fireworks, barbecues, going to the beach, doing stuff. Good, good times. So I think that's it. What about you? Uh, that's it. We'd just like to thank everybody for joining in this, joining us this week. We really enjoyed having you here. Uh, this has been Troy and Nate for Explorminate. Take care, everyone. See ya.